the path doesn't have to be straight. We have enough information that we can value courage. You're listening to the We Get Real AF podcast, exploring the future with trailblazing women and girls in emerging tech, XR, AI, and futurism. Science and technology are reshaping our world at lightning speed. Engage in conversations that'll spark your curiosity and challenge what you thought possible. Inventing tomorrow starts now. And here are your hosts, Vanessa Alava and Sue Robinson. Welcome, everyone, to the We Get Real AF podcast and our special career segment, Profesh Sesh. I'm Sue Robinson. And I'm Vanessa Alava. You asked and we listened. You wanted more support, more resources, and we are here with our talent specialist, Elisa Walters, every week covering all things career. That's right. I am so excited to be talking career development, growth, mentorship, all the good things. So let's dive in. Today, we're going to be talking about C-suite resumes at the executive level. What's the nitty gritty? What's the differentiator between that typical resume and that next level career step into the executive C-suite? So, Elisa, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I think that, you know, that that professional resume that we're all wanting to make sure that we perfect, it's taken to another level when your next step is to seek out either that executive level position or pivot from one executive position to another. And I think that your resume all across the board has to show why you are the best person for the job. But at an executive level, you're not just showing why you're the best person for the job. You are showing why you are an executive, why you are in this leadership position and should continuously be moving forward as an executive. So you're selling yourself in a completely different way when it comes to that C-suite level. I think when it comes to a executive level resume, that top front and center needs to be your credentials. You want to spell out any of the credentials that you have. Um, If you have master's, PhD, you have a JD, whatever those credentials are, that needs to be front and center at the top of your resume. This is a time where you need to brag. You need that to stand out. And I know some people might be like, well, I don't want to sound pretentious. At the executive level, you need to have the confidence to own what brought you to this place. And then I think following your name, your credentials, Obviously, your contact information, then it comes into that paragraph about yourself, that, that you know, almost 30-second commercial of, of yourself and, and why you are this leading executive for any organization. Beyond that, then I think it's really great to have a, a bulleted list of your core competency skills that you bring to the table. What makes you a leader in your industry Um, You know, we've talked a lot about core competency skills, everything from somebody who is great at project management, somebody who is really an engaging leader, all of those things I think should be spelled out closer to the top of a resume as well. And then after that, any achievements that you made, this is really a chance to spell out achievements that you've made in your executive professional career that any organization who is looking to hire somebody at that level is going to want to see and be like, this is this is the type of candidate we need in this role. This is the person who is going to take us to the next level at a senior level. Then 
after that, I think you want to really dive into your most recent experience. So where you currently are at, followed by where you were previously, and really highlight within that. I'm a big fan of those three to six bullet points, depending on, you know, the if it's your most recent job versus the job before that. But I think that first most recent job should have three to six bullet points where you're showing what you've done in that in that role, spelling out the data, uh, any KPIs that you've either implemented as a leader or that you've had to follow from the top. And then I think, you know, it goes after that, I think going into your education references, if you were, I, I think that there's also a whole section that you can have as a manager, how many teams you've managed, what you've implemented as a manager, spelling out from a core competency standpoint, the type of leader that you were. So I think that that's a, that's a good section to have. Some people like to also have a little bit of a personal touch on their executive resume, things that they're involved with from a personal standpoint, hobbies, sports, hiking, activities, whatever that might be. And I think that's a personal preference. I don't think that that's a a hindrance to somebody at that level. I think it shows a human element to an executive level person. But I think that that is how I would advise somebody to put together their executive level resume. How far back should you go? If you're applying for an executive level position, presumably you've had a pretty long career. And at some point, that can be used against you, right? If it pushes you up in age. And, and also from a relevancy standpoint, how far back should you go on any kind of resume, but in particular, a senior level resume? I don't think you need three, four pages in a resume. Obviously, there's that idea that everything should be done on one page. Well, at that level, that is not realistic. I think a two-page resume that can reflect all of the things that are most relevant to what you want the current company that you're seeking out to be interested in. So I think roles from 10, 15 years ago, if that's relevant, should be included. So really look at the roles that you've had in your career and ask yourself the question, are they something that would be of interest to this current employer? I have a related question. Is it better to have a continuous evidence or track of employment throughout the past 15, 20 years, even if some of the positions on there don't relate to what you're going for? Or is it better to leave those things off, even if that means there's a gap in your employment record? That's going to come up regardless if you have a conversation. If there's a gap in employment, one of the first questions that I ask somebody is I do see from X to Z that you weren't currently employed. There's this there's gap here. Could you tell me a little bit about what you were doing? And that's a perfect opportunity for somebody to say, oh, you know, I had some personal stuff going on or I was trying my hand in consulting or something like that. I don't think that that gap, however you choose to reflect that should be a hindrance. You're also hopeful that the company that you're looking for can see past that and see the most relevant experience and what you have been able to do. Um, And those are the things that are going to attract an employer who wants to continue those conversations. Um, 
And those are conversations that can be had with a, you know, with a recruiter. And I think at that level, you're not just going directly to talk to your, you know, your potential new boss. There are going to be a couple of steps before your resume may be put in front of that person, where the first person you may be speaking with is having a 45-minute phone screen with a recruiter who's going to break that down. Never once have I had a conversation with somebody who I think was spectacular for the job who said, hey, you know, in full transparency, there's, you know, a three-year gap in my resume because I needed a break or I had some family stuff going on or I had I had kids. At the end of the day, it's that person has the core competencies to do the job and they can do it well. And that that, again, that's the human side of life. People have things going on. So I think you can go either way. If you're just putting in roles to fill in gaps that have nothing to do with the role you're targeting, I'd probably leave them off. That's my personal preference. So, Elisa, there's always a first time for everything. When do you know it's time? You might have like this inkling, this feeling of, I want that next level of my career, but how do you know you're truly ready to apply for that first C-suite position um, within an organization? When you've hit the ceiling in the most senior role you've been doing. And every company's leveling is different. When you are, when you have become a leader, and I think when you know that you're ready for for your executive level boss's position, <laughs> I think that that's, that's a, a time to really examine um, where you are at, where you're looking to target next. And I, I am a big believer that you always want to be looking at the next job, right? And I think that, um, you know, in, in a lot of organizations, you have um, a, a very traditional, hey, manager, senior manager, director, senior director. And I think that once you start to get that to that senior manager, director level position, you should start aiming and you should start um, figuring out how you're going to, to, to make that leap. Um, I also have seen people who are in senior manager positions, director level positions, apply for a role and companies be blown away by the candidacy that they they take a chance and they they that person leaps into this role. They're ready for it. Um, so I think that you know when you've hit the ceiling and <laughs> you can do your boss's job. <laughs> So I, what we're hearing here, which is really interesting to me, a C-suite resume, it looks vastly different from the typical resume. Hearing that, hey, leave a few things off if they don't apply versus having a consecutive you know, um, list of things that you've done over the last several years so people see what you've been up to, see that you've been in the workforce, see the different experience that you have. You literally have to articulate it in a different way. And I love the way you... Um, spoke to the formatting of the resume and what it should look like. It almost reminded me a lot of LinkedIn, the way it's formatted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I and I think that, you know, we're seeing now from a recruiting standpoint, when you're having a conversation with somebody who is at that level and you're going line by line, you know, it, it's not as cut and dry as going line by line through somebody's resume at an executive level because you also need to gauge um, what kind of strategies have you put into place, how many people have you managed? What's what's your leadership style? Um, what's your you know your uh, your point of view from um, 
being in in the weeds with your team versus being the big picture person. These are all things that you're pulling from that person. So what's most important is you want to spell out those achievements that you've had. I want to see that somebody has come in and if it's a sales role that they've hit these, you know, these um, these numbers from a sales perspective and that they're able to come into an organization and not just continue to do that as an individual contributor, but to lead a team who can also bring in those kind of things, that they're at that point. So you're really assessing so much more than looking at somebody, oh, I see that you were here from this time to this time. Talk to me about what you're doing. You have to really dive deeper and poke holes in what an executive candidate is 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 talking to you about. So that's why if it's not relevant, leave it off and focus on your achievements, focus on your most relevant experience, your education, your qualifications, um, any kind of um, affiliations you might be affiliated with that would be unattractive to a potential employer who would be bringing you in at that C-suite level. Do you have any advice as to the way in which you search for a job going into a C-suite, is it the same trajectory that we've kind of explained before using the different resources, LinkedIn, um, Glassdoor, et cetera, or should you go through a headhunter? That's a great question, Vanessa. I think that this one is a little bit, again, not cut and dry because if you're the job seeker, LinkedIn perfect place to go, network with the, 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 the HR representatives, the TA uh, you know, recruiters, um, and build those relationships, have those conversations. But you want to make sure that your LinkedIn is something that is, is accessible if you're somebody who is actively wanting to be found. Because also at a C-suite level, there's also a confidentiality for those candidates where what I mean by that is somebody who is an EVP of a company may not be on LinkedIn, may have a hidden profile on LinkedIn, and that's because they're, they're a more um, public figure within the organization. So for confidentiality reasons, they may not be easily searchable. So I think that if you are at a point where you want to be found, you need to figure out a way to make yourself found. And I think that enlisting the help of a, a headhunter is an excellent idea at that at that level because I talked to, to my colleagues about this at a, at a C-suite level is that you're courting potential executives, right? So you have executives who may be in contracts that you want to bring into the organization from the recruitment standpoint, but you have to wait till their contract finishes out. So you're consistently building that relationship, keeping that relationship going, but from a recruiting standpoint, finding somebody at the executive level really requires finesse and is sourcing. Um, you know, the, these these candidates aren't going to necessarily apply for roles. They're not going to, te- um, you know, fall into the recruiter's lap from, you know, the applicant tracking pool. So I think you need to make sure that you can be found if you're looking for a role and enlist the help of a headhunter. So in talking about a executive level resume, I think the most important things to highlight is on the resume itself, you want to highlight your achievements, highlight your most relevant experience, highlight your credentials, and really be proactive in showcasing 
what you're bringing to the table at an executive level that's going to make you successful in your in in your next role and why a company wants you as a executive part of their of their organization and really focus on results right like measure measurable results that you delivered yes thank you lisa thank you hi everyone thanks so much for listening to this episode of we get real af we're excited to bring you the voices of amazing women and girls who are shaping the future for good please help us spread the WeGraph mission of supporting women and girls in emerging tech and science. Follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Our handle is at WeGetRealAF. And visit our website at www.WeGetRealAF.com. Don't forget to like, comment, and to subscribe to the podcast. We also want to give a big shout out and thanks to Sam McLean for providing sound production for the show. You can find Sam on Instagram at McLean Sounds, that's M-C-L-E-A-N-S-O-U-N-D-S, and to our voiceover artist, Veronica Horta, for her show introduction. You can find Veronica on LinkedIn by searching for Veronica Horta, H-O-R-T-A. We'll meet you back here next time for another great conversation about high tech with cool women.